parades all over the place and everything. So looking forward to that, uh, to that as well. And you know what? It's over. The 2022 NFL season is done, Jordan. A simple question of the day today. Just like, what did you think of this year overall? Like, give me what you think are overviews. You know, say uh, sometime this week, the commish, who, by the way, saw Russell Wilson sitting next to him. Huh? Saw that, huh? What was that all yeah, about? I don't know. But anyway, um, I don't know, like, what... You know, like when you sit at a meeting and you go over a project that's just been done, you go over what was good, what was bad, what you like, what what do you look for into the next season, things of that nature, right? Because I sort of feel you saw in the game last night some of the storylines of the 2022 NFL season, didn't you? Or 21 season. I, I, I felt I, I saw that. It, you saw... Some great storylines of up and coming young talent. You saw, call it redemption. You saw guys eventually get to their goal. Aaron Donald getting a Super Bowl, things of that nature. You saw the officiating. <laughs> There's no other way to look at it. I mean, would, would you not say one of the top three, I would say, things to describe the 2021 season? You could just simply say officiating. We started out the season, Jordan. Taunting. Remember that? The taunting calls were going on. There was a taunting call last night, and I, I can't get angry about it. What in the world is that guy that's not even playing, that's not even dressed, doing running on the field after a touchdown play? What? Get off the field, man. But that was, right? Don't, don't you agree? Like the first few weeks of the season, I felt like September was, oh my gosh, these taunting calls were, were, were nuts. Um, it's bad officiating overall on the season, I thought. So that's, I think, a topic. So, but I want to hear from you. Like, think back of the season. Because of my three, officiating is one of them. COVID is absolutely one of them, isn't it? How teams played games this season. With or without players or coaching staff. Yet miraculously during these playoffs, Jordan, not a single positive COVID <laughs> Not not a one. Not a one. Not not a single one. Not a player, not a ball boy, not a mascot. Nothing. Disappeared. Nothing. It was it's complete it's healed. It's fixed. Everything was great. So anyway, I, I do think those are two. And I would say the other one, like my top three, in, in no particular order, would I would say storylines of players. That I, I think made you think around the NFL. You you had you had a lot of hope, if that makes any sense, right? Like I didn't feel that there was that dominant team this year. But, but both of these teams, by the way, yesterday were four seeds, right? But you saw players like Aaron Rodgers have dominant seasons or things of that nature. You saw teams try to go get other quarterbacks from last season. Remember, it was the great wow, what quarterbacks being released or traded this year, and who they're going to go get. Matthew Stafford was one of them. But you saw the Panthers basically try to go get three, four different quarterbacks, right? You saw different teams switching. Golf over to the Lions. Um, Darnold from the Jets to the Panthers. You saw that. I kind of think that's going to happen again this year. I don't know if it's going to be to an extent. But wouldn't you say players switching teams this year made a big difference? I mean, Odell Beckham Jr. before he hurt his knee. Jordan, you think he was impactful in that game in that first half? He was key target. That whole first drive, basically. Yeah, scored a touchdown. 
So, and again, that was a player that started the season in Cleveland. Would the Rams be where they were? He was a key player. About two weeks after he signed, he all of a sudden, he got it going, right? So it is interesting to me that those are kind of my top three storylines just off the top of my head that I think of 2021. So I kind of want to hear from you. What, what would you say that you're sitting at a meeting today? There's Comrade Goodell on the other end of the table, and he literally sits there, opens up his yellow legal pad like I got in front of me here at my desk, and he says, all right, what was good in 2021? Playoffs. And what was bad? Jordan, that's another one. Yeah. I, I, I think you saw a lot of teams have a shot. It's almost like the NBA sort of to my, to an extent this year, the way I look at it. You know, yes, the Rams went all in. They did the, the all in thing, but that very rarely works. And Jordan, let's be honest. Again, they, that, they had to have a game winning scoring drive. You know, it wasn't like they threw the playoffs. It wasn't like they, through the season, 16 and 0, 17 and 0, right? I mean, it, they had to get in. So, but think of all the different storylines that you saw this year. Not, not even in the playoffs, we probably had one of the most exciting postseasons that I can remember. Would you agree? You have a ton of young up and coming talent at quarterback in the AFC, don't you? You do. Also, in Rap Report, Three minutes ago, wide receiver Odo Beckham Jr. is believed to have torn his ACL in yeah. last night's Super Bowl yeah. win. I mean, you, you saw it. I mean, it, uh, that's not surprising. And quite honestly, I won't be surprised if you don't see a report sometime this week that Joe Burrow did something. I don't know how he was still on there. But just judging that reaction, when he went down, grabbing his right knee, it's the front part of that knee. And you're just you're hoping that that dude didn't doesn't require more surgery than that. But I want to get your takes and your thoughts on... Super Bowl 56 at the end of the 2021 season. Gus Kattengill, Jordan Kleber with you. It is a Monday, February 14th edition of the show. 800-998-1003 is the way to chime in. Buddy, we'll take your phone calls. And also we will touch on the Pelicans. Had a couple of games since we last chatted with you. Andrew Lopez is going to join us at 2.05 to talk about how it's been. How's it going with your Pels since the C.J. McCollum trade? Jordan, we have seen a couple of games now. Right with C.J. McCollum, and we touched on that that game against the Heat, which was his first game back. It was a loss, one twelve to ninety seven. And and I said in that game, remember, I'm like he's going to make more than two three pointers the next game. I thought he was. You're going to see him shoot better. He got in at twelve thirty at night, whatever you know. And B.I. only took twelve shots. It, it, it takes some time. 124-114 was the final on Saturday. Another loss though. Pelicans, I think, are trying to figure it out again. And, and remember a week ago today. Do you remember where we were a week ago today, Jordan? We are sitting across from one another, and it was before we caught the stomach bug. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks to my He's at school. He's good. Um, but you and I sat here and had a, an interesting show that day. I said, hey, welcome to the NBA trade deadline week, right? It was going to come up on Thursday, 2 p.m. What should the Pels do, not do? Would you say overwhelmingly two-thirds of the calls were, you know, kind of stay put or trade? I mean, I joked about the fact that it was amazing to me that most people called the show wanting to trade Zion instead of Jackson Hayes, which I was like, let's just breathe for a second. But it it, it just spoke to how the team was sort of playing, right? They were in that four-game win streak. They were They were feeling really good. 
And Jordan, one of the fears that I expressed, which is why I was like, man, I kind of maybe almost want to stay pat a bit, was based off of this premise. They've learned how to play with one another. Not necessarily have the best talent. There were deficiencies, right? Three-point shooting, you need better guard play, scoring, you know, things like that. But the Pels had found a way and created a B.I., and everyone around him plays off of him. He can play make, things of that nature. So then you add in a player like C.J. McCollum. The next game, after just making two threes, he made one more, three. It was three of seven. But he dropped 36 points. Jordan, on the surface, isn't that what you were looking for? Yes. Okay. Brandon Ingram, 22 points. In that, I mean, you'll you live with that, right? That was one of five from three, nine of 19 from the floor, but there you go. Herbert Jones, 13 points, Jordan. That's it's not a bad thing, right? I mean, again, with, with Herb, anytime if you get double-digit points, I'm great. I mean, I'm fine, right? I mean, even in that win that they sort of had or in those other games that he played well at seven points, what I that's awesome. Jonas. 17 and 12. That's a double double. In that, in that nice? Right? You like that, don't you? Yeah, but you don't like what Devontae Graham does. He had zero. 0 for six. Overall, 0 for four from three. Now, do you look at that and say, look, it's one of those nights sort of like CJ's going to shoot better and do that? See, when I look at that, and again, the bench, that's now an issue, right? I mean, I mean, I mean, you depleted some of your your roster there and your talent, and, and Josh Hart's a key component on that. So somebody's got to step up and and do what he was doing. Najee, nine minutes, six points, a board. Billy Hernan Gomez, six, but he's a big in the middle. You know, so so who does what Josh Hart does? I think moving forward, hustle, rebounds, make some plays. But I look at that game, and Jordan, if four of your starting five is double digits in points, and the key player that you got in a trade drops 36, I would normally think that's, that's good. And I, and I still think that is. But it was a loss. And I think part of that, and again, we'll talk to Andrew a little bit about that a little bit more from his perspective. It's still that, as Andrew said last week to us, it's going to be some growing pains. He said, actually, that he wouldn't be surprised if they didn't lose the next two games. Remember? He said that the last time he was on. Well, they lost to the Heat in a game that they were in, right? When CJ didn't know what was going on. Then they played the Spurs, a team that maybe doesn't have the talent they've had in years past, but they're coached by? Greg Popovich. So you know they're probably coached, Right. The Pels are still learning how to play with one another with this conglomerate, if that makes sense. So I think it's going to be better in terms of being better meaning wins. There's some things you can extrapolate from the numbers. You can look at it. And that's kind of what you want to get. When he who shall not be named ever comes back, I'm just looking at that starting lineup. Jordan, That that's going to be a pretty formidable starting lineup, right? It's going to be a pretty formidable starting lineup. So I, I guess it, you just have to be patient. 
for it to go and to, I guess, breathe and learn how to play with one another. But I don't know. What, what did you think in the two games that you've seen since, in the Spurs and in the Heat? And they they stayed in the game all three mm-hmm. and mostly four of quarters. And then when it came down to it, what the team started to do well um, the past couple of weeks and months is kind of close out games. And now with C.J. McCollum in the mix, you got to kind of figure out, all right, what is your rotation going down the stretch? Yeah. How are you going to close out these games? And I think that's kind of the biggest issue right now. So I look at it, too, also who you're playing, right, compared to where you are currently. Yeah. Todd said this before, too. It's it's when you get that team on that night with what's going on, right? Um, the Heat are the number one seed in the East when they play. They're, they're just they're better than you, which is okay to say that. I mean, I, they are. You could have, and you should have been leading at halftime. You were down one, and you were in the game there to the Final Four. And again, some dude named Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry, who you tried to sign in the offseason, kind of took over. Is what it is. In this one, as I mentioned, Pop, a team that knows what they're doing, versus a team that, look, it it, it is what it is. The, the bench is pedestrian, right? You might get some big nights every now and then, but it's who can come off and sort of help you. You're starting unit at well. You, you can't get zero from Graham. But more importantly, it's how you play on the court. Spacing, kind of know where you go. Is there still some doubt? Things of that nature. Versus a team that Jordan... Is 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 just reacting, right? They're not thinking. Does that make sense? They're just on the court doing what they need to do, which is what the Spurs are. So that's how I look at it from that perspective is the Pels have played two teams that are further along in two different aspects. The Heat have a little bit of their talent, well-coached, number one seed. The next team they play is the Spurs, a team that I, I think the second you show up, here's the Spurs you know, playbook, at, it's the Patriots, adhere or known. I mean, they know what they're doing. Pels are still figuring it out since the trade. So I am interested to see tonight against the Raptors if we continue to see growth, Jordan, if that makes any sense to you. So not too down on the two losses. Are you? Because, I, again, I, I can sort of explain why they couldn't pull it out there at the end, if that makes sense. I mean, I still, I still think there's a lot of potential for this team. They did move out of the, the 10 spot with the loss against San Antonio. Right. So. The Blazers are back in the 10th spot. Coincidentally, Josh Hart, it keeps on moving, was basically in it with the mm-hmm. Pelicans and then goes to the Trailblazers and is sure. now back in it. That's kind of funny. But um, at the same time, I don't think there's any reason to panic. Um, I don't think anyone should be panicking right now because that's just what teams do, especially young Not- teams like the Pelicans who acquire new pieces. And even though there might be you know, all-star level talent, they still have to have that cohesiveness and – have that bond to be able to play with each other on a night in and night. But it's sort basis. of a simple storyline tonight, right? You got to go get this one. Oh, absolutely. You got to go get this. I have one. to go get this. Six one. game homestand, you one and two. You got to go get this one. They, and I believe the Raptors are seven in the Eastern yeah, Conference. Again, you got to go get this one. Show me some growth. All right, take a quick break. We come back. Uh, let's focus a little bit on Super Bowl Fifty Six here from some post game as well. I want to hear from you, um, NFL Saints fans. What you thought of the game? And as we said, our question of the day. We'll reset everything. Got us all the way to 3 o'clock. Thank you for joining us. Oh, by the way, college baseball starts this weekend. How about that? Lots of expectations of Baton Rouge, Uptown, you name it. We're going to have, like we normally do, head coaches Thursday, Friday. Sports Hangover continues next on ESPN New Orleans.
The new year is here at Greg LeBlanc Toyota, and we're celebrating. Check out the fresh new inventory arriving daily, plus great deals now at Greg LeBlanc Toyota in Homa. Check out the all-new, redesigned 2022 Toyota Tundra. Greg LeBlanc Toyota has given top dollar for your trade. We want your trade-in. Or check the inventory online, online at GregLeBlancToyota.com. These super savings won't last long. Greg's got the deals. South Hollywood Road, Homa. Shop now. For more than two decades, Reed's Metals has been providing metal roofing, steel buildings, and all the accessories for customers to buy direct and save. Reed's Metals specializes in on-job, sight-standing seam in over 20 colors, plus 26 and 29 gauge AZ-50 and AZ-55 Galvalume, backed by a 45-year written paint warranty and a 25-year warranty on acrylic-coated Galvalume. Buy direct and save Reed's Metals, located at 19 East Lincoln Drive, Northeast Brookhaven, or call 601-823-6516, online at reedsmetals.com. Want more from your bank? Open a Cajun Pride checking account at State Bank and Trust Company and enjoy the benefits. Unlimited check writing, overdraft protection, online banking, mobile banking, debit card, ID theft assistance, safe deposit box discounts, prescription drug discounts, shopping, travel, entertainment discounts, and much more. Call or come in for more information about applicable fees and terms. State Bank and Trust Company. Cajun Banking. Served just the way you like it. State Bank and Trust Company. Member FDIC. Thibodeau Regional Health System was recently named one of the nation's 50 top cardiovascular hospitals by IBM Watson Health. This award for delivering the best quality and most cost-effective heart and vascular care is important. Why? Because high-quality heart care close to home is not only convenient, it's life-saving. When it comes to matters of the heart, choose the experts at Thibodeau Regional. Got a hot take? Everybody listen up. Let's hear it. Call us at 800-998-1003. Answer that phone. Or tweet us at ESPN Radio NOLA. Now, back to the sports hangover with Gus Kattengill. 800-998-1003 at ESPN Radio NOLA. is the way to follow over on Twitter. Jordan Kleber. Some questions of the day, sir. Yeah, it's quite simple. You mentioned it at the beginning of the show, Gus. Uh, Monday's question of the day, what was your key takeaway from the 2021-2022 NFL season? You can comment at ESPN Radio NOLA over on Twitter or call in 800-998-1003. I'm only doing this because it's something we're going to get into and talk about, okay? Because I understand, I'm assuming most people in the city sort of feel like I do. I really don't like the Rams. <laughs> I I just I see that's nice for OBJ. I, I the same. that's great for I mean Aaron Donald's a walking Hall of Famer. <laughs> I I get it. It's fantastic. You know what it is? Nice for Stafford to to I I hear you personally on a certain accounts. I mean Cup. It's awesome to see his wife and the kid are crying and this. That's great. Too bad they're Rams. That's how I look at it. I guess the only positive was the the final touchdown and who it was on. That's why I'm going. To be honest with you, uh, we kind of switched around who was who in that spot, put Coop outside, and, uh, you know, I was so happy when I came to the line of scrimmage, we were playing man coverage, I was going to put it up to my guy, let him go make a play, and uh, that's what he did. Yeah. So, of course, the play. Pass. Cut. Got it. Touchdown. So he wins the MVP. A lot of people are saying that obviously Aaron Donald should have been the MVP in that game. 
And the reason I bring that up is because obviously guarding him was good old Eli Apple. There were so many mixes, gifs, videos. There was a song that came out two weeks ago, three <laughs> weeks ago, and then they put that the the highlight. Yeah. Um, underneath is that, is that Marlon's intro is going to no, be? no 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 it's Eli Apple's disc clean. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you you said it's clean. Um, and they made this right after the game. Well, not right after the game. They they updated it to where they have. Oh, the, yeah. the commentators. You never was a superstar. You must be on them Danny bars. Cause you're acting like a fool. Rolling, rolling, <laughs> caught, caught, touchdown. Oh, you never was a superstar. Never was a superstar. Never. You weren't even a star. Never. I can't believe your mama let you hold your phone and tweet I really that. can't believe it. Straight up. Damn little E, why you had to go and fake on us? Why you had to take it there? Nine's up in the sky, yeah, it's up in the air. Damn, f- dog, man, we never held you down. Man, we wanted Crawley back, yep. but you always was a clown. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> when you want Ken Crawley over, uh, so, yeah, it goes on and on. And so, here's the thing. If you have no idea, for some reason, if you're not on social media, why, why the hate? I mean, Wendell Pierce. Did you read Rundle Pierce's tweet today? Did you not read Wendell Pierce's tweet today? I mean, he he didn't uh, he didn't hold back. It, it all comes from the city smells. He, he took to Twitter because he was feeling good about himself, and he you know might have tweeted things like "city smells." It's you know the food stinks and fan bases, whatever. Right, so. He kind of basically went after the Saints fan base, the Giants fan base. I mean, again, he was, he was feeling good, Jordan. He was feeling real good about himself. Clem over on Twitter. Uh, mm-hmm. NFL players logging on to Twitter after Eli Apple gets cooked, and it's basically Avengers Endgame where all the portals uh, yeah, open. Yeah. Uh, Wendell Pierce tweeted six hours ago. I mean, first thing in the morning. Uh, well, at Eli Apple, you wrote a check your, your butt couldn't cash. Got burned in the Super Bowl all night. And for the win, you wanted to hit a Saints fan. You couldn't pour PP. We'll go with that. PP out of a boot with the directions on the bottom. Back to New Jersey and enjoy the wonderful cuisine off of Exit 5 off the turnpike. (laughs) That was mild. Would you say that was mild in comparisons to how people took to it? Now, in all honesty, I'm asking you from a football perspective. We've all seen the play, the game-winning touchdown, is eventually, right? Could you have done, I mean, like, what could you have done differently? Stop, no. No, it's, I'm just, is it just? There could have been a I lot. I mean, Cooper done. Cup smoked them off no, the line. Could have been a lot, could have been a lot done differently. Okay, but, okay, but. Like, the first thing I'm going is, why is he not doubled two yards off the line of scrimmage on that situation? I mean, that's their Michael Thomas, right? Like, that's their guy. I mean, did you see the last drive? First off, that guy should have been New England Patriots-style bracketed. Not not Von Bell over the top. Literally what the Saints did to Calvin Johnson back in the day. Remember what they did? Remember? Matthew Stafford saw it. It would have brought back haunting memories. You remember what the Saints did in that game against Detroit? They literally put two defensive backs at the line of scrimmage in front of Calvin Johnson. You remember that? 
Remember what they did to Megatron? Why would you not have done that during that drive? <laughs> they went, they just went single coverage with the guy. A buddy of mine texted me earlier in that quarter. He's like, what happened to Cooper Cup? Can he not get open? And I was like, well, they're probably doubling him, you know, since OBJ went out and things that nature. And then that, that drive happened. How many balls did he catch on that drive? It seemed like it every was four single four straight. One. Yeah. <laughs> or five yeah. This just in to the defensive coordinator of the Bengals. You may want to cover him. Like Sean I, McVay literally said after the game, <laughs> everyone knew where the ball was going. But the Bengals, apparently. I Again, I, I was just, it, it was, it was crazy. Uh, nobody, I do not see, uh, people on hold here. So apologies because my screen is showing it empty. Um, Buddy, go ahead and tell me who we got, sir, and we'll go to those phone lines. 800-998-1003 is the way to chime into the conversation. Uh, let's go to Earl. Thank you, Earl. How you doing, bud? Hey, Goose. How's it going? You and Jordan on this beautiful Monday, man. Doing well, Earl. Hey, hey, uh, uh, hey Goose, man. Look, uh, the old uh, Dennis Green, uh, they are who we thought they were. Cincinnati. Cincinnati kind of had the game. Goose. I mean, how many times when they took when they took the lead in the second half, the Bengals defense was actually playing playing pretty damn good, and the Rams in the third quarter punted back several times, and since he was driving and they, and it stalled. I mean, if they just scored a touchdown, they're going to probably win the game, don't you think? I mean, and then uh, and your boy uh, with six minutes left, Burrow mm-hmm. hit him on that slant, and he dropped it right in his hand. I mean, they had their chances. That yeah. wasn't a holding call, but Goose, they, they had the chances to. No, to, no, uh, I, I hear you. Like, I was feeling about it driving you know? in, in today. Look, I mean, I, you can totally be that guy they, they, on that third down where the defensive hold was called. The entire offensive oh, line was, moved before the ball was snapped. I mean, that, that's a false start. I kept yelling to my wife. I'm like, where's the holding calls or, or false starts? Like, they're, they're not getting flagged for nothing. There was no flags until those drives, but like I felt with the Nola no call. There's moments in that game that you could have. The Bengals didn't put any more points up, man. You know they they had nope. opportunities. They had opportunities where they settled for three after Stafford threw the pick and Chase got the ball inside the five. You got to punch that in for a touchdown. You know, so you got to, you got to, man. And it just stinks. But look, that's why the entire game, man. It it, it can be won and lost early, just like it can be won and lost late. Hey, Goose, you know what you know what the Rams are. The, the, the Los Angeles Lakers, and I can't stand both of them. They both stink. Y'all have a great week, Goose. There he goes, Uncle Earl. Thank you, bud. Jeff, thanks for holding on, sir. I can see the screens now. Uh, how are you, Jeff? And welcome to a brand new week. What's up, bud? Hello, Jeff. In the way that, hey, can you hear me now? Yeah, go ahead, buddy. Okay, I was just saying, uh, I could not be more delighted in the way that game ended last night. I got, I got something for you. What do Eli Apple and Roddy White have in common? I got four things. <laughs> Go ahead, list them up. One is they're both walking piles of human garbage. <laughs> two is, two is they'll both be living under the same bridge in about three years. Oh boy. Three is they both ran their mouth about the people of New Orleans and the city of New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And my personal favorite four is neither one of them are Super Bowl champions. Here it is. Oh, boy. Um, when you saw Eli lined up one-on-one on Cup, all alone over there, 
Did your stomach just kind of drop into a pit? Um, not really. Um, and I know this is going to upset a lot of people, perhaps yeah. listening. Um, it's not that I wanted the Rams to win. Mm-hmm. It's that I wanted the Bengals to lose. And I wanted the Bengals to lose because of Eli Apple, and that's pretty much exactly what I got. <laughs> so I could not be more delighted. I, <laughs> okay, okay. All right. And I got I got a question for you guys, and this also might make a few people mad. Um, all these uh, all these Johnny Come Lately Bengals fans that have popped up out of nowhere across Louisiana in the next the last three weeks. Um, mm-hmm. you think we're stuck with them for a while? Or you think they'll disappear? They're gone. I mean, I mean, look, I went through <laughs> day and all in just now because I have nothing else to really do and nobody else to do it. But, um, like I, I will, I think you will see them follow, you know, what they do over there in the AFC and stuff, but. I think it's sort of like when Sean Fox joined us last week. He said, "Look, oh, I can absolutely root for and see what they do, but they're not taking over me being Saints fans moving forward. And we'll see what this team is going to be like moving forward, all the different changes, you know? Yeah, in the last not quite 20, you know, it hasn't been quite 24 hours yet. I've seen mm-hmm. a lot of chatter on the Internet that the Bengals fans are, you know, mad at the refs and stuff, which I just thought so humorous because they weren't saying anything when Jalen Ramsey got interfered with when they got his mask, face mask pulled down and stuff. I didn't I mean, see just, anything. Come I, on, didn't see, I didn't see anything, Jeff. When when that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, what I did see was, how does it feel, Rams fans? How does it feel to have a call go against you and have a touchdown be the result? Guess of that? it doesn't. It doesn't matter now. No, it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Goal. They got the last laugh. So anyway. and, thank you, buddy. And I know Saints fans are mad that the that the Rams just won the Super Bowl, but you know, mm-hmm. truth be told. It wasn't the Rams that did it to us. It was the refs that did it to us. It was the league that did it to us. Even even the guy that uh, plowed in a Tommy Lee Lewis even mm-hmm. said after the game that he was expecting to get a penalty. I mean, it was just the refs. You know, it wasn't the Rams, per se, that, that you know screwed us over. It was, yeah, the, it was yeah. the refs in the league, and I'll go to my grave saying that, man. Yeah, I hear you, bud. I hear you. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate the phone call. All right, man. Be good. Be good. Yeah, for sure. John, what you got for us, sir? Thank you for calling the Sports Hangover. Gus, Jordan, thank you guys so much for taking my call. But real quick, I'm going to do two things. I'll answer your questions of the day, and I, w- I just want to get your thoughts on it. Okay. I'll give you my three topics. I'll start with number three, and this is just me. Hear me out. The best game this postseason by far was the Bills versus the Chiefs, and it's ironic because neither one made the Super Bowl. Good point. But my number three is I, I genuinely believe the NFL needs to at least experiment with some new overtime rules. Because the coin toss was the most controversial thing, I think, this season, um, second to the refs. And that's my number two point, is I think the, the referees need to change as well. They either need to get a full-time position and make it a year-round thing, or they just need to be held more accountable. Because obviously last night with the Super Bowl, that was more evident than ever that you know the refs have to have a say in the game. I mean, that, that was just another example of it mm-hmm. last night. Um, the coin toss three, refs two. I just want to say this is my number one point. And, you know, you could take this with a grain of salt. But last night, the Cincinnati Bengals are 0-3, and they're not undefeated. You know, they haven't won a Super Bowl. And I know the Rams have lost a Super Bowl. But the only team that has never lost a Super Bowl, and I say team, but they're not an actual team, Vegas is absolutely undefeated when it comes to the Super Bowl. And that's just something I think fans need to realize. And this year, the integrity of the game has come into question. And I think that's a big, big stepping point for the league that that needs to be addressed, especially mm-hmm. now that you know sports betting is legal and a lot of people's money is on the line now. And this year, more than ever, the integrity of the league was questioned. And I think that's something that the league needs to address moving forward. 
I'm writing that down. You're absolutely right because that is a big thing, John. If it doesn't get cleared up or or things of that nature, you know, again, I I'm waiting for the I'm sure thorough and transparent investigation by the NFL that two owners reportedly won this year or you know, and then in the past uh, with Cleveland incentivize their coaches to lose games. So we'll look into that for sure. We'll talk about it. Thank you, John. Absolutely. Appreciate yeah, the time. Toss for sure. Absolutely. And, okay. and the rest and, and Vegas as well. I just yeah. want to say real quick, Gus, I got a second. Um, the biggest thing, too, as you transition into maybe talking about the Pelicans later, but obviously they have to gel together, and team defense is definitely something that needs to be worked on and will come. But I think against the Spurs, we were absolutely out-facilitated, as obviously DeJounte Murray for the Spurs is a – a keen facilitator. The Pelicans don't have a guy that I'm confident in that can bring the ball up and set an offense. Now, I don't know if that's going to be CJ. I don't know if that's going to be a point Zion. Uh, it's not Devontae. I can tell you that. I mean, mm-hmm. and obviously Saturday was evident. But the Pelicans have to address a facilitator going into the future. And like I said, I don't know if that's CJ or point Zion. But that's all I got, Gus. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you, John. Appreciate it. We'll talk to Andrew a little bit about that. Jot that down just so we know. Facilitating. And if uh, the depth is an issue there or, or not. Quick break. We come back. Jack, I see you on hold. I got to get to Ben Heisler. We'll come to you right after we talk with Ben. That is next on your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans. Advanced Eye Institute and Cut Off is your hometown eye care provider. Dr. Darby Chasson is here to serve the eye care needs of your entire family. Full-service eye medical and vision services are provided in a friendly atmosphere. For the latest in designer frames to advancements in astigmatism and bifocal contact lenses, call Advanced Eye Institute at 985-632-2884 for your appointment today or visit our website at visionsourceadvancedeyecutoff.com. This is your Wendy's wake-up call. Start your day with a better breakfast and get a free drink with any of our morning-making breakfast sandwiches. That's your favorite drink in a Wendy's cup, free. Fresh brewed coffee, free. Diet Coke, free. Vanilla Frosty Chino, that's cold brew plus Frosty Creamer plus free. So don't sleep on this deal. Get any size drink in a Wendy's cup, free, when you buy any breakfast sandwich. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Limited time only at participating Wendy's. On the card only. Offer valid upon request on lowest price qualifying item. Not valid for third-party delivery. Hey, team, it's a full house. we got to pick up the pace. At Hank's Restaurant, the line goes around the block. Is this for 12? Okay, I need the truffle oil drizzle. What he needs is another line cook. Oh, man. Are the quail breasts still in the sous vide? Dave, can you keep an eye on that, please? Indeed can help him hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Instant Match instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your sponsored job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be the first person in my family to go to school. That education got me to the first day at my dream job, which I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job and the home loan benefits I got from the Army National Guard helped me buy my first house. I also know that I will be one of the first to respond if my community ever needs me. Sponsored by the Louisiana Army National Guard. Aired by the Louisiana Association of Broadcasters and this station. We talk about sports. Real sports. Give us a hot spoonful of your opinion. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengall. 800-998-1003 is the way to chime into the conversation. Ben Heisler. Who's joined us throughout the football season joins us now as we will 
talk with him about the game and kind of get his thoughts moving forward here. Fantasy football expert, betting expert there as well. At Benny Heiss is the way to follow him over on Twitter. And then Jack will get to you here in a second. Ben, how are you, sir? Be on with you after what I felt was a fairly compelling Super Bowl game. Maybe others would disagree, but mm-hmm. you had an intriguing back and forth game that ended towards the final possession. I, I think that's a lot that you can ask for sometimes in these Super Bowls. Our question of the day, Ben, is kind of a broad one, and it's okay. We got invited to the NFL, you know, meeting to kind of recap the season. Jot it down, everybody. Go around the room. Give me your list of three things you liked, three things you didn't, so we can work on just kind of storylines. I, I said, look, COVID, I think officiating was there as one. Uh-huh. And I thought a lot of storylines with different players that, that changed spots. I mean, Beckham going from Cleveland to the Rams helped Stafford. I mean, I think those are kind of my storylines um, in there. We just had a caller say integrity of the game has been brought up with ownership and incentivizing perhaps losing, things of that nature. Ben, Recap 2021, the commissioner wants your top things that you liked this year and top things that maybe you need to work on next year. Well, I I think for starters, uh, you you saw what happens when the NFL actually embraces legal sports betting. You get a better product for the entire audience. So I think that was a nice positive start in the right direction. You're seeing updates even on NFL Red Zone uh, with over-unders and and spread (laughs) that I, I, I think is helping to educate the NFL viewer when it comes to an aspect that just really got going in Louisiana, you know, a handful of months or so ago. So I, I think that was a big win for the NFL. Um, I, I think sort of trying to figure out the quarterback market remains an intriguing storyline. Mm-hmm. We've had now in the past two seasons, a veteran quarterback on the move goes to a new team, either via free agency or a trade. In this case, Stafford was a trade Brady left Tampa Bay or Brady left new England uh, as a free agent to sign with Tampa Bay. And we see veteran quarterbacks with a roster ready to win now go out and win a Super Bowl. How is that going to impact teams that need a quarterback? Team like maybe the New Orleans Saints or the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, what happens with teams like Green Bay and Denver? Um, I think that's going to be a fascinating storyline to continue to follow all throughout the offseason. Uh, and then I, I think one other thing that we have to try to figure out as far as storylines go is over the course of this offseason you had two defensive minded coaches get hired happened in new orleans uh with dennis allen and happened in chicago with matt eberflus but you're also seeing a major influence as to the offensive minds that are getting hired a lot of them coming from that mike shanahan kyle shanahan west coast style offense a lot more sort of movement and running and play action and I'm curious as to whether or not there's going to be a market inefficiency on defense. You know, like that's going to be a big deal. We saw that in the last two Super Bowls that even though you had some terrific outstanding performances, Tampa Bay Buccaneers up front won that game against Kansas City. Earlier on Sunday, you saw Aaron Donald and the Rams defensive front wreaking havoc on Joe Burrow in the second half. Yeah. I think more than ever, we're going to start to understand which teams actually place some emphasis on getting to the the quarterback, putting some more depth on the defense. And even though you still always need a quarterback to win, I think Mm -hmm. you're starting to see the the defensive front, especially 
can be a huge difference in the NFL. When everybody else is digging the offense, maybe the best way to go is to zag and really build up a dominant defensive line. And then as long as you get your quarterback, you have a chance. That's a very good point. Ben, I think last night, another winner, undoubtedly all smiles. I think his cheeks might be hurting right now, Teron Armstead's agent, because no matter where you go, you look at the rankings of possible free agent tackles, Teron Armstead's one or two. And you watch, like, like literally the game ended. I'm like, I'm Cincinnati. I'm on the phone with Teron Armstead. I mean, I just, that I means you are absolutely going after anybody that is either all pro or pro bowl at that level of that situation. So yeah, to your point, it is interesting that you got to build lines and, and you look at Cincinnati and what's crazy, Ben, and you've seen a ton of still photos now as Donald is hitting Burrow and bringing him down. Jamar Chase has passed Ramsey. If he'd have had a half a second, he's delivering yep. a bomb and Jamar Chase is scoring a touchdown. No doubt. And it, it's such an interesting storyline too, right? Like, what was that whole debate at the beginning of the NFL draft last year? Do the Cincinnati Bengals take Joe Burrow's guy and Jamar right. Chase, or do they take Panay Sewell uh, to help protect him? Now, you can certainly make an argument that they made the right choice because Jamar Chase is chance to be one of the top receivers, if not the best receiver in the NFL in the next couple mm-hmm. of years. Like He's very much on his way. Uh, but you, you got to also find opportunities to protect your quarterback. And you know, we go back to the last two Super Bowls. What did the Chiefs do the following year after they got blitzed by Tampa Bay? Is they spent all this money, they shored up their offensive line, they got two new guys uh, that are really going to be a difference maker for the future, particularly in Creed Humphrey, their their new center. Um, and they got him in the middle, I think the middle of the second or third round. Right. So you're going to see Cincinnati, I think, place a major emphasis this offseason on shoring up an offensive line to keep Burrow protected, especially given the fact that he got – his knee hurt again after having serious reconstructive surgery on that ACL. So you're right. Like it starts up front. And I think as long as you still have to find the quarterback, that's, that's always going to be a given. And and folks in new Orleans know that better than anybody. Like when you're just kind of cobbling by with a bunch of different options, it doesn't matter how dominant your offensive line or defense is. You need the, the best and most important player and then everything else kind of falls into place. But it is quintessential to success, especially if you're going against the type of front like the Rams had, where they're just going to get pressure on you and there's nothing you can do to stop it. All right, two more minutes here with Ben Heisler, bet sighted fantasy and gambling expert here. It's never too early, and I see Jack online. I know he wants to talk about some, some other things, but Jack normally calls first to ask a question, Ben, as you know. And I, I'm so I, I'm starting it. First receiver off the board, Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup. God, that's so tough. Like you can make such a very, very compelling argument to go ahead and take either one of them. I, I think I'd still probably take Cup again if it's a points per reception league. Like that, Cooper Cup got targeted a serious amount, and, and for as dominant as Chase was, and he had the touchdowns, mm-hmm. and he had the yards. Uh, Cup just got all the targets in the world and caught pretty much everything thrown his way. Like there were games for Jamar Chase where he had maybe you know two, three catches for you know, 60 or 70 yards, which is still really impressive. But I want the guy that I know can rely on to get me anywhere between six and ten catches, a touchdown, and you know 70 to 100 yards per game. You know what's crazy about Cooper Cup, Gus? 
Mm. is that he won Super Bowl MVP, and, and, and certainly it was well-deserved, although my Aaron Donald and, and T. Higgins tickets would say something else about it. That's a conversation for another day. I, he went under his uh, prop bed numbers. Cooper Cup was predicted to have eight and a half catches and 106 yards, and he finished with eight catches for 92 yards, and he still won Super Bowl MVP. Like <laughs> To me, the reason I didn't bet him was right. because he had to reach such a high number in the first place just to be able to reach his prop. It just felt like it was a losing battle from the very beginning. But sure enough, he was the difference maker, and I still think as long as Stafford's the quarterback and Cup is healthy, uh, that's probably the wide receiver that I'm going to go up and get. Ben, you just talked about a quarterback. So who are you picking now? Uh, is, is it still Patrick Mahomes as, as the number one off the board in, in the draft? Um, it, it's probably either Mahomes or Josh Allen, I would say. And maybe you give the edge to Allen because it's an easier schedule um, in, the, in the AFC East. Uh, he's going to run a little bit more. He's going to get you those rushing touchdowns, which tend to uh, add up a little bit more. But, I mean, it's it's neck and neck. Like, if somebody says, I'm taking Pat Mahomes as my number one overall quarterback, I'm not right. going to fight you on it. It's still <laughs> Pat Mahomes, right. and it's still a dynamic offense. And we'll see whether or not they bring back Eric Bieniemy. I know that there's some conversations as to what might be next for him. Mm. But I, I think it's kind of a 1A and 1B between Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes at this point. Final question for you, sir, in about 30 to 60 seconds. Back. Is it still Derrick Henry, or what are we – did anybody show you anything this year to make you go, hey, kind of like quarterback? I, I'm good with either one or two there. No, I, I still think it's a, it's a running back-driven first round. Um, I, I still think Christian McCaffrey has a chance to go number one overall despite the injuries over the last two years. There is just nobody like him who can make those kind of catches, mm. who can play the receiver spot, who can still make opportunities. He's still going to get goal line opportunities. Um, it, it's just a question of whether or not you think it's going to be Henry or Jonathan Taylor, or Christian McCaffrey. Maybe Dalvin Cook is in the mix as well in that top four, top five, but I, I think you can make a fairly compelling argument that all those guys deserve to be number one overall. Uh, just because McCaffrey has that ability to catch passes, that helps separate them. Mm-hmm. You do worry about some injury concerns, but I, I do think those are going to be the top five picks off the board, without question. At Benny Heiss is the way to give a follow each and every day. Don't do so, sir. Uh, also, go over to BetSide and check out all that info that you can get here as well. Ben, you know, I appreciate the time, man. Always enjoy seeing the family photos that you post up there as well, man. Thank you again for another solid season. We'll be checking in from time to time. How about that? You call anytime you want, Gus. It is always a privilege and a great opportunity to talk with you, my friend. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. There he is. Go give him a follow at Benny Heiss. Quick break. Jack will come to you. It's the it's the home for Pelicans basketball. They take on the Raptors tonight. Right here on ESPN New Orleans. Delivery trucks rush all over town and sometimes cause king-size accidents. The King Firm has trial attorneys experienced at handling crashes involving delivery trucks. They can help fight for your medical bills, lost wages, and pain and suffering. Get the royal treatment you deserve when you ring the King. If you've been injured in a delivery truck accident, ring the King at 909-KING. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. 
When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafourche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus, the river parishes, too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. When you're shopping at Rouse's Markets this time of year and you walk past the bakery, it smells so good. That warm smell of gourmet cinnamon dough is Rouse's Markets King Cake Dough. Rouse's Markets bakes their king cakes fresh throughout the day. The whole bakery just smells like Mardi Gras. Get your Rouse's Markets King Cake in store or ship anywhere in the continental U.S. at Rouse's.com. There are so many flavors to choose from. Rouse's Markets feels like home. What would you say you do here? Sports. Sports. All day long. Hello, sports fans. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Bringing Jack into the conversation. Thank you for holding on, sir. How are you today? Hey, Gus. Howdy. Um, hey, as it turns out, the, the, the Cincinnati defense is for real. They, uh, with all of those ex Saints, you know, except for Eli Apple, they played really well. And I think yeah, that was a big reason why, mm-hmm. you know, they got to where they were. But, um, I'm not sure if this is your question, but two things I think the, the, the uh, the league should, should address is the first one for me is it's probably a pipe dream, but, but I, I wish they would add another bye week. Um, you know, okay. especially, if, if they could find some way to give these guys, a, you know, some time off before the Thursday games so that they wouldn't be playing on a, on Sunday and then Thursday. I, I don't know if that's possible. but I, I like I that. I, into that. I don't understand why if you don't go to 17 weeks, too, you, you can't. I mean, look, the Super Bowl was the second weekend of February this year. It wasn't the first. And it seemed fine. Also, you have that extra week sort of built in if you have a situation arise where games get canceled and everything. And, more importantly, I, I think at first, remember, they had it two weeks, then they moved it back to just the week, and then it went back to two weeks. You do get a chance for those teams to heal up. And it is, it's the biggest game of the year. And, and you've worked all season to get there, giving them an extra week to heal up, stay. I mean, the tight end played for Cincinnati, who would have never played, right? I mean, he still wouldn't himself, but, you know, I, I, I think, it makes sense to me. I'm with you, Jack. I like that. Put that. Let's put that down on a sheet of paper. I definitely think that's something. Why shouldn't there be a second bye week? You know, I don't know if you can change that though, because it's part of the CBA and it's been agreed to already and all that stuff. But sure, I mean that that's something that makes sense. If you're going to 17 games, a a second bye, I think would be more beneficial for. Here we go, Jack. The health and safety of every player, and also I think the product. I think the product too. I don't see how you can say you're for player safety when you're asking these guys to play on Sunday and then Thursday. But and, and Gus, the other thing I think you'll agree with. Um, look, I know all the people rooting for the Bengals want to say all all the officiating went one way yesterday, but that mm-hmm. that's not true. Mm-hmm. I, I want you to think about something. Okay, um, I heard this morning that Burrow got pressure on fifty percent of the uh, of his passes. He he was sacked seven times. I don't believe there were any holding calls against the Bengals. How is that possible? Okay, because, you know, when guys are getting beat like that, the first thing they do is grab. It's all the time we have for Jack. I don't want to hear it. No, look, I, again, yeah. you know, they 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 let both teams play, which is why I think people are are sitting there going, the last drive of the game for the Rams all of a sudden, I mean, you couldn't – You every play was a penalty. But, look, 
Some things, if they're egregious, they're egregious. You call the holding call. Eh. I don't know. Especially you see his wrist turned back. I don't know if he hooked him. But the entire offensive line for the Rams fall started. The center still has the football. Right. And everyone is up off of their – we saw that in New Orleans, right? And they got a, a flag here this season off of that. So – Executive producers of Lost. Maybe we used the sign for the highway. They didn't miss the sign. A new Epics original series. It's important for you to understand what happens after dark. You're telling me I can't leave him at every night. Um I think accountability, right? And transparency. Those are two things that I have. Accountability. And that you want to see changed. How to improve officiating. Okay. So let's let me tackle the first thing you hear all the time. They need to be full-time jobs. Okay. Let's let's approach that. I, I don't see that uh, making it better, and this is my, my reason for it. If you think so, give me a call and tell me. Let's say that's my job. Okay. That, that's what you're saying. Don't be attorneys or whatever it is that these officials are during the week. Right. They need to be able to do that. What are you doing Monday through Friday then? Like what 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 are, what are you doing Monday through Friday that's going to help you diagnose if that was a defensive hold by that linebacker, if it's a false start, if it's some of the questionable calls this year of what a roughing the passer call is, right? Like how is that going to help your vision? your line of sight, like maybe you can give me an argument of, well, two days or three days out of the week, you're, you're doing clinics. I, I, I don't know. What are you, are you working on your vision, on your eyes? Are you working out to be faster, to try to get in better? I, I, I honestly don't know what you can do to be able to diagnose or see something faster than you're already doing a game that's that fast. Does that make any sense? Like I can go to Marlins, facility to become a better offensive defensive lineman by the following. Here's a list of things I can do, right? Practicing swim moves, going against tackle dummies, like footwork, like Marlon can give me specifically ways to get better by spending more time on it. Does that make sense? Like be in between games and off seasons, I can send my son to Marlins or somewhere else you know, conquer sports and, and just be like, okay, make him a better player. Make him a better pitcher. I, I can specifically give you things. To me, as an official, either you can see a hole or you can't. Like, I, I, you understand what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know how on Monday through Friday for 17 weeks of the season, that's going to get better. Either you're a terrible official or you're a good official. And I understand there needs to be an understanding from fans and media. It's not easy. You are trying to visually see something that is in a that is not your a normal speed in pro sports, in high school sports, in collegiate sports. It, it's not easy. 
And I understand that. The NBA, here's my other reason why I don't agree with the, well, hire them full-time. The NBA, are they full-time officials? Now, granted, the games go a lot more and you have to have them in the season, right? But here's the thing. That league, have you watched Pelicans games lately? <laughs> have you? Yeah. Yeah. How good are they on some of these calls? So I, my, my thing is this. I think if you want to improve it, accountability and transparency. Accountability. If you keep getting graded the way you do, sayonara. Have fun at another level. You are officiating, again, and I understand it's not easy, but you're officiating the top level of that sport. It's not easy. But if you can do it, we'll reward you. You call Super Bowls. They already do that now, right? I mean, top officiating crews call the playoff games, things of that nature. Uh, we'll make you a head official. You'll move from line judge to eventually being a referee. You know, So you do that. But accountability, if you're not, I mean, go. And transparency. I've heard this before. A lot of people say it. Coaches have said it. If the head coaches of the winning and losing team, if the players of the winning and losing team have to address the media after the game, the officials should as well. Cap it at two, three minutes if you want. But there's no reason the head referee shouldn't speak on behalf of his crew and his calls or whatever it is. I'll expand a little bit more on that and the transparency because I already do that now. We come back in hour two of the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans.